All right. Good afternoon. It's uh, Sunday upon us already. Yeah, beautiful day out there. And it's a good time to uh, make you so much smarter when it comes to employment law and your employment rights. If you are currently in the dark about your rights, this is the show for you. Over the next hour, we will... uh, We'll drill down on some of the things you probably don't know about the place where you spend most of your time. We'd love to spend a lot more time on the beach, sipping margaritas or hanging with the kids or doing whatever we want to do. The truth be told, a lot of us spend most of our free time at work, so you've got to have your ducks in a row when it comes to employment law knowledge, and that is why we do this show. Right away, I'm going to invite you to join the show. John Scholes here, along with my co-host, of course, employment lawyer Lior Samfiru from Samfiru to Market LLP. They are the most positively reviewed law firm in this country, so uh, we invite you to be the third voice on air. Ask your questions. This is the hour built for you to do that. 416-872-1010. You can also text if you'd like. That is 71010. And email anytime. That would be answers at employmentlawyer.ca. Answers at employmentlawyer.ca. Uh, we'll get to our calls here in just a moment, and we're going to get through a ton of email that's been building up over the last week, Lior, but we always start off with uh, a situation you've been working on, pal. What's uh, What's going on? What a great pleasure always is, of course, to be here to talk employment law. And, you know, we've been getting lots of calls every time we're on air, lots of opportunities to answer questions and hopefully demystify this topic. So if you're now listening to us and you want to understand something about your rights, you're getting ready to go back to work tomorrow. Uh, well, hey, here's the time. Here's the opportunity to ask a question and make sure that when you go back tomorrow, you understand your legal rights. You understand what to say to your boss. You understand if your boss is able to do what they're trying to do or maybe what to do if you just lost your job and what you're owed and can that even happen. Whatever that situation, what a opportunity you have right now is you do every week to call us and ask the question. And of course, if you don't want to ask, just to ask the question, you want me to get involved and help you resolve that workplace issue, for that, you need to reach out to me in the office, phone or email, and we'll give you that contact information throughout today's show so that you have it and, and you're armed with that as well if you need it. But let me get started with the situation that came across my desk Uh, I spoke with a gentleman who uh, had worked with a plumbing company as a plumber for uh, the past six years. And uh, the owner of the company has decided that he's planning on retiring and he's kind of slowing down, winding down the business. So as part of that, this gentleman lost his job. He just wasn't needed. The the company was taking on less clients, etc. So uh, after six years, uh, he did ask his employer the right question. Okay, Mm -hmm. what about my severance? Because he hadn't been offered any. Well, his employer says, no, no, you understand, you're in the construction business uh, as a plumber, so there's no, there's no severance for you in construction, so we don't owe you anything. That didn't seem quite right to this person, so of course, he did the right thing, he did what all of you should do if you're ever in a situation like that. He called me, and he wanted to know, does he get severance? So, John, I, I know that you and I have discussed this before, and we've yeah. even talked about this on air, but there's a huge misconception that people in construction don't get severance. That's wrong. That's false. That's not even close to being true. Not only do people that are in the construction field get severance, they get the same amount of severance calculated in the same way as every other employee. So your severance is still paid and it's based on your age, your position, and the length of your employment. For this guy, he's probably owed about eight months of severance, eight months. You know, he was making good income there. So we're talking about a lot of money that he's owed, and it's going to be very easy for me to get for him. So very important lessons there. For any of you working in the construction field, I know that misconception exists. It's out there. Many believe it. Many employees and employers believe it. 
But that's all it is. It's a misconception. It's wrong. It's completely false. Yes, you get severance. As much severance as you would if you weren't in, in construction, that could be up to two years of pay. So if you lost your job, I don't care what kind of job you have, you got to call me because you're owed severance. And even if you've been offered severance, chances are you're owed a heck of a lot more than what you've been offered. So very yeah, important yeah. lesson there. That reaching out number to Lior, by the way, write it down and keep it, especially for that industry as well. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. But here and now, as I always tell you to do, be part of the show. Call in four one six eight seven two ten ten, and you can do uh, exactly that. Want to get to uh, to Gary on the line? Gary, thanks for standing by for a moment. Good afternoon. How are you, pal? Good afternoon, John. Love your show. Thanks, man. Appreciate um, I have it. a son who's twenty three. He has a. Uh, the disabilities of an intellectual disability of MID and autism. And he's been working at a, a restaurant uh, in Scarborough here for over five years. And uh, he was having some difficulty. So I called the head office and I spoke to the vice president of HR. And uh, ever since then, he's had nothing but difficulties being threatened to be written up. And, and actually, he was written up. Uh, just the uh, other week and threatened to cut his shifts if he doesn't listen and hurry, 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 hustle, 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 or I'm going to send you home or all kinds of issues like this, which he doesn't understand why because of his disability. And he feels very threatened and intimidated. No doubt that he does, and and what a what a terrible way to treat any employee, certainly one that that has a disability. So, the the, the key here is going to be this: for him to pursue something here, it would be in the way of a constructive dismissal. In other words, what he would be saying is that because you've treated me in this way, you've made my life difficult, it's as if you've terminated my employment. Now you have to pay me severance and I can leave. The key, though, is to be able to establish that they've done that. Keep in mind, of course, that the people that are threatening him and mistreating him are not going to just admit it. They're not going to say, yes, we did it, uh, our fault, right? So he's going to have to, to prove that. So is there a way... To prove that. So you don't want it to be a he said, she said situation. One, one of the things to consider is, are there co-workers or anyone else willing to back up what happened? Mm-hmm. Or is there a possibility to somehow record what is being said to him or, or to, to create some sort of a written record? What I don't want this to be a situation where it's a he said, she said, because those are always difficult to win. Uh, uh, but to me, this is illegal and potentially could be a human rights violation. If he's m- being mistreated because of his disability, it's wrong, completely unacceptable. But I want there to be some way to prove it more than just the he said, she said. Uh, wouldn't there be a record from when the vice president of HR talked to the restaurant in that case? Yes, no, but, but my point is the things that happen after when he's threatened or he's being told inappropriate things, that's what I need to be able to prove, that those things okay. are happening. Do you understand what I mean? Because they'll say, no, no, we never threatened him, right? That's what they'll say. <laughs> well, that's what he's afraid of. He's afraid that the house managers will always back up the, the kitchen manager. And he will. always doing this, and, it's a, and he, doesn't, he doesn't know what to do. And they're giving me a hard time saying that your dad can't get involved. He doesn't work here. He doesn't have nothing to do with this place. And that also makes it difficult for him afterwards. 
So here's what's one of the things you could do to help your son, okay? Yeah. So your son comes home, tells you, here's what they've done. They've threatened me. You do get involved, especially given the fact that your son may need some support. So you write an email to whoever the right person is. Today at uh, 3 p.m., the kitchen manager threatened my son with X and Y and Z. Uh, that's not acceptable, and, and, and I trust that you'll take care of that. Create that record, okay? Got do that. Okay. And if things continue... And you, you've sent those emails, so it's in writing. Yeah, you, you, you'll be able at that point to pursue constructive dismissal and potentially human rights. So definitely get involved. Don't, I don't care what they say. It's your son. You have to advocate for him, absolutely. And, and once you do that, if things continue, I want you and your son to contact me, and I'll help you pursue it. Excellent. I appreciate that. And I, I hope I don't have to, but I definitely will be contacting you if I need to. Thank you. I appreciate you. your advice. Thank you. Thank you, Gary. Appreciate you uh, joining the show today. Again, one 821 5900 to reach out. Help at, uh, pardon me, answers at employmentlawyer.ca. Hi, Gina. Thank you for uh, for lining up. Appreciate you. Thank Welcome you. to the show. What's, uh, what's going on with you? Well, I was hired on uh, seven months ago, approximately, as an unlicensed assistant at a wealth management firm. Um, they knew I was an unlicensed. They hired me anyway. They liked my background. Six months after uh, the probation ended, uh, sorry, the probation was six months. Two weeks after the probation, they called me in and told me it was my last day. When I asked them why, they said they decided to have someone who was actually licensed. Um, so instead of telling me that during the course of my probation that they would like me to go out and get my license, they decided to fire me. The termination letter stated something completely different. It stated that I did not meet the probationary requirements. So the branch manager said I was fired because I was not licensed, and the letter said something different. When I questioned them via email, could they elaborate, please, what that meant? Because I was there beyond my probation. There were no issues. They did not elaborate. They just continued to repeat themselves that I just did not meet the probationary requirements. Now, is, is I know they could fire me for no reason during my probationary period, but is this something that they have the right to do? So how long did you work there total, uh, Gina, Gina? Six months and two weeks. Okay. So an employer can always let you go probation or no probation so long as they pay you severance. As long as they pay the full severance that's owed to you, they can let you go, whether we agree with the reason, whether they make up the reason, uh, w- you know, whether they say you meet the conditions or not. So the question here from a legal standpoint, Gina, is severance. So I understand your position how long, uh, and how long you've been there. How old are you, Gina? 55? So you'd be owed right around four months of severance, okay? Oh, my. Uh, mm-hmm. what, what have they offered you? One week. Okay, well, there's a, a, a very big gap, obviously, mm-hmm. between one week and four months, okay? So this is a wrongful dismissal, and it's a wrongful dismissal not because of the reason, but because you're owed a heck of a lot more than one week severance. So the good news is it's easy to resolve and get you that four months. So what I want you to do, Gina, I want you to connect with me off air. I'll help you get that. This shouldn't be a problem and shouldn't take long at all. Wonderful. I will do that. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you, Gina, for your time as well. And again, one 821 5900 is a way to reach out to Lior anytime. Email answers at employmentlawyer.ca. we got a bunch of those to get through on the show today, but always the phone calls are top priority. So don't be bashful. Grab a phone, call us, and we'll continue this show live here on a, uh, on a Sunday afternoon. 416-872-1010 is the number to call. You can throw us a text as well. That is at 71010. And we'll continue Employment Law Show here on the Bell Talk Radio Network. 
Alrighty, we are back. It's one twenty on Sunday afternoon. It's a beauty out there. Thanks so much for tuning into the show where we make you smarter about employment law and employment law rights, which are really robust. They are on your side, but if you don't know about them, you can't take advantage, right? So anytime you want to reach out to Leora when the show's not on, one 821 5900 Ask uh, answers at employmentlawyer.ca. There's also pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We like talking about this website because uh, Leora built it a few years ago. And again, it's, it's a great knowledge base for everything surrounding employment law and your work life and rolled into that is what we call the severance calculator and that was a standalone website now it's part of pocketemploymentlawyer.ca what does it do exactly what it says it'll calculate your severance very quickly and accurately it takes about 30 seconds to go through the entire thing completely anonymous and uh, the number at the bottom is more what you should be receiving if it ever comes down the pike that you're looking at a severance offer which guaranteed is going to be most likely pr- uh, pennies on the dollar so again severance calculator at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca is it good well over two million people have used it. Two million people have used the severance calculator. And before we get to our uh, first text of the daily, or I want to remind everybody, Wednesday evenings, Wednesday nights, 9.30 p.m., ask a lawyer on CP24. You'll catch us doing our half-hour show there as well. Okay, text. Uh, 7, 10, 10, the way to do, that, uh, to do that. We still have lots of time to call into the show here this afternoon live, 416-872-1010. Get to one from Frank. Says, hey, Lior, I returned to work from an illness uh, with modified duties uh, from my GP and specialist. I provided a functional abilities form when necessary and working full hours with no notice was placed on unpaid leave of absence and told to apply for short-term disability and EI and will only be allowed to return with full hours and full abilities. Um, Very stressed and believing it's making me sick again. I I wouldn't doubt it, Frank. Yeah, I I wouldn't doubt it. And and for some reason, I've been getting a lot of uh, calls and emails lately with these types of situations where essentially employers are refusing to accommodate. So let's be very clear here. An employer has a very strict and a very important duty to accommodate if you have medical restrictions. As long as those restrictions are confirmed by a doctor, your doctor, then your employer has to provide accommodation. Maybe that means modified duties, modified hours, working from home, less standing, whatever it is that your doctor says. And your employer has to find a way to make it happen if it's at all possible. They can't say, no, we don't want to. And they certainly can't say, no, no, just come back to us when you're able to work with no restrictions. That's illegal. That's a human rights violation. So what Frank has described here is exactly that situation. His employer doesn't want to accommodate. Well, too bad. They have to. So, Frank, what I'm going to tell you is this. Uh, You can right now treat whatever your employer did as a constructive dismissal. That could also be a human rights violation. So you're able to take legal action against them right now, today, if that's what you want, because what they've done is illegal. The other option is you can give them, or I can give them, uh, a bit of a wake-up call, so to speak, so that they'll realize, holy cow, we we were doing something that's illegal. We better change course and, and let Frank come back to work. If that's what you want, I can certainly help you with that as well. I send them a letter and, and they'll they'll back off very quickly. If you want to pursue this, if you're ready to do something about it right now, whatever it is, Frank, I can help you. But that's illegal. That's an important thing also for all our listeners to remember. An employer does have to accommodate. They have to, and they can't say, no, no, that's a a short-term disability problem. It's not that. If you can work, you just need accommodation, your employer has to accommodate. 
Frank, appreciate the uh, text to reach out to Lior anytime is one 821 5900 Answers at employmentlawyer.ca. What is with this uptick of this this all or nothing attitude with some employers? Like, no, if you can't come back to 100%, I don't want to see you through the door. Are they just, are they just lazy? They don't want to accommodate? It has to be that, you know, because you're right. We, we, even on the show here, we've seen an uptick in calls and questions. And certainly in my practice, I've seen that it's just got to be one of those things where maybe employers saying, you know, we went through a lot of uh, problems during the pandemic. Right. We don't want to work hard now to accommodate. Well, it doesn't matter. You, you can't use one uh, problem to get out of another problem doesn't work that way you still have to accommodate in the exact same way and any employer that doesn't do that is going to find themselves in serious legal trouble so do what you have to to accommodate 416-872-1010 that is the way to call into the show for the uh, the remainder of this hour that we're we're with you jackie thank you for uh, for taking the time hope your sunday's going well what can we uh, what can we do for you yeah so i'm i work for a family physician and he was uh talking about closing his practice he was retiring um, now he's given me a letter with a final date, which is a couple of years from now, and I was just wondering, as far as severance went, whether that would kind of negate the amount that I would be Great question. entitled to. Mm-hmm. Excellent question, Jackie. And how long have you worked there for? Um, it depends, because I worked with him in another clinic, and then we moved to a different one. So he was um, my boss at that time. So it'll be 20, by, at that point, it'll be 24 years. Okay. And he's giving you approximately two years' notice. Yeah, about a year and a half. About a year and a half. Okay, so here's the thing. So an employer, obviously, we know has to pay severance. The employer, though, instead of severance, can provide adequate notice, the equivalent of that severance by way of notice. For someone in your situation, you're probably owed right around two years' Of severance. So if your employer gave you two years of notice, they would have made up that or they would have complied with their obligation and there would be nothing else owed to you. Instead of two years severance, they give you two years notice. If on the other hand, he's giving you a year and a half of notice, well then arguably then he still has to make up that difference, that six months by way of severance, which would only be paid at the end uh, of your employment, once you're no longer working there. So if he had given you two years, nothing else is owed, but if it's only a year and a half, then he has to pay you a few more months pay at the, on that back end. That's assuming, of course, that you haven't left before then, you haven't quit before then. So that's how that works, but most of the severance he would otherwise be owed is gonna be kind of eaten up, if you will, by the notice that he gave you. Okay, because he gave this to me in July, and he's leaving in February of 2024. Yeah, so that's, yeah, about a, give or take about a year and a half or so uh, of notice that he gave you. So, yeah, so he has to pay another six months or so, because all the years that you've been there, you're probably owed right around two years of of, uh, severance. He's giving you a year and a half, so that difference has to be made up at, at that end. But again, only if you haven't been able to find another job before then. Okay, so I, I, all right. You just keep working, yeah. Just keep working, right, Lior? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. listen. It, it may yeah. be if you find a, a good job before, then that mm-hmm. may be better for you than staying getting severance. So that's a decision you have to make. But ultimately, if you haven't and you and, and you still are are uh, working till the end, yeah, he's going to have to pay you a few more months' pay at that time. So would would I sort of be have to looking, or does it matter? 
Well, you you will potentially need to be able to show that you've made some job search efforts over this year and a half. Yes. So if you've done, for example, nothing, you're just working and doing nothing job search wise uh, until the end of your employment, that will not be a good thing. So you do need to have some job search efforts made. Uh, so to get that extra severance, of course, assuming you haven't found a job before your last day. Yeah, but I, I'm almost I'm at retirement age as well, so. It, it doesn't change. So what I mean doesn't is, that if you, okay. because you're plan, maybe you're planning on retiring, and if you are and you're not looking for work, then no, no severance, uh, extra severance would be paid to you at the end of that year and a half. Okay. All right. All right. Thanks, Jackie. We appreciate you uh, dropping by and uh, dropping us a line. Any further questions a little on uh, further down the road? Don't uh, don't hesitate to reach out. That could be uh, one of the longest uh, notice periods we've ever heard. Usually a year is pretty long, but he's offering a year and a half, which makes sense. I mean, you know, I got, I got family members, Leor, that are in the medical business, and a lot of them are probably doing the same kind of gig as Jackie, and they do stay around for de- – they're super loyal, and they hang in for decades. So another year and a half really doesn't seem like a stretch to a retiring doctor. Like, you're going to be here anyway, so I'm, I'm telling you now but that that's a very long notice period well for, for the doctor it's certainly a, a good way to cap his liability in terms mm-hmm. of severance so he doesn't have to pay uh, additional severance so i've seen that with doctors they trust their employees they know their employees right. are not going to hurt them and hurt their business so i've seen that with doctors dentists that are retiring or selling their practice uh, and if you do get sufficient notice as rare as that is that could absolutely reduce your severance entitlements. Jackie, appreciate your phone call again, and we open up the lines, and they remain open for you as well. So feel free to uh, grab a phone and give us a call as we head into a, a small break. That number would be 416-872-1010. If you prefer the text route on your phone, you could do so, 71010, uh, for that uh, for that particular reach-out. Email is help at uh, employmentlawyer. Pardon me, answers at employmentlawyer.ca. We've got 500 emails. Answers at employmentlawyer.ca. And we will continue with the uh, Sunday edition of the Employment Law Show right here on the Bell Talk Radio Network. All right. Uh, welcome back. Thank you so much for hanging in. John Scholes here along with Lior Sanfiru, employment lawyer. Uh, you want to reach out to Lior anytime and his team incredibly capable of helping you with all your employment law matters. How do you do it? Phone call would be good. one 855 Answers at employmentlawyer.ca. But here and now, you can always uh, reach out and ask your questions live on air. Come on the show. It's uh, 416-872-872. 1010. The text number is 71010 as well. One who has mentioned off the top, Lior, get through a bunch of emails that have been stacking up over the last couple of shows. Uh, first one, Travis says, hey, Lior, can I be fired from my job when other employees with less seniority are still working? You know, very common question and, and one that inherently the situation seems very unfair, right? You work there for longer than these people. You've put in your time. You've, you've shown your loyalty. And you're let go and not someone else. How can that be? And I agree that it's not fair. But the real question is whether it's legal. The answer is that, yes, it is legal. In a non-union environment, the employer does not have to account for seniority when it decides who to let go. So let's say an employer is restructuring and it has seven employees and it needs to let three of them go. Well, the employer does not have to let the three most junior people go. He can decide to let whoever he wants or it wants. Uh, and as long as severance is paid from a legal standpoint, the employer would have done what it was supposed to do. So in, in many cases, I know employees are going to feel very wrong by that. And I get that completely. But ultimately, it's a question of severance. Now, chances are that those people that are let go, regardless of uh, you know whether they're the more senior or the most junior, 
chances are that they're owed a lot more than what they've been offered because in almost every case, that's what happens. So yes, it's important to call me, important to get that advice, but ultimately it's not about seniority in a non-union environment. Randy's up next and say, guys, my boss told me that I would be fired at the end of the month. I was very upset and told him that I would just be leaving right away. Thank you very much. Uh, can I get severance? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, 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 we talked about, uh, about notice before, right? We talked yep. about the fact that an employer can provide advance notice. The problem is this. In many cases, an employer that provides notice still owes severance to the employees on at the end of that notice, just like with our caller, Jackie. Mm-hmm. But the problem is that if you quit before your last day, whether it's because you don't want to work there anymore, you found another job or for any reason, well, it becomes a resignation. And if you resign, you don't get any more severance. And I understand people will say, well, wait a second. I only quit because they told me I'm going to lose my job in a month anyway. So what's the problem? Well, the problem is that you are still going to be employed for a month. And if you quit before then, you've resigned. And if you resign, no severance is paid. So an employee that does want to get their full severance can't resign. You will not get severance if you leave before your last day. So the best thing to do is let's find out how much you're owed, right? Because uh, you could be owed a lot of severance or maybe not so much, depending on how much notice you got. And then you can decide what's best for you. So, of course, a good place to start, as John said, is our severance calculator. You can find that at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, and you find out how much you're owed. If your employer gave you adequate notice, you may not be owed anything. If your employer didn't, then they have to make up that difference. But don't quit before that last day if you're expecting to get severance. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that. That's really the uh, that's really the, the chain you should be going through is you know pocket employment lawyer. .ca first because imagine if you know you're given three months notice that you're out of here it leaves a sour taste in your mouth you want to walk out the door but then you go through pocket employment lawyer first severance calculator oh look I'm doing a year and a half severance if I stick around for the end I mean it's so worth not walking out I know you just kind of got to swallow your pride a bit but it's so worth it on the back end right yeah at that point staying for those two or three months may not be as bad or may not sound as bad if you know you're owed another year and a half's pay but I, I myself have spoken with quite a few people over for the year uh, where they they just left. They didn't want to stay there once they knew that they were going to be gone anyway. And they walked away from a substantial amount of severance. So don't make that mistake, at least not without understanding what you could be losing. That's why you check out our severance calculator. That's why you call me so that you find out what all your options are. Again, calling in, you still got lots of time here to get on air and ask your questions, get some clarity really quick. 416 872 Ten ten, give us a call here on air for uh, lots more, lots more time for sure. Greg says, guys, because of COVID, uh, my company has been regularly late in paying me and other employees. Sometimes it can be as much as one week after we're supposed to be paid. This makes life very difficult. Is there something that I can do? No doubt it makes life difficult. You know, you, you rely on your payment coming in, your, your your check coming in at a particular time. And, and if you don't get it, that's going to impact your ability to pay your own bill. So it's a huge deal. And, and let's be very clear. The, the arrangement between employer and employee, it's actually straightforward. Employee goes to work, does their job, and the employer pays them the agreed upon amount on the date that was agreed on. That's it. So if an employer doesn't do that, they decide, well, we're going to pay you, but not when we agreed. We're going to pay you a lot later, not when when you should have gotten paid. Well, that's a breach of the terms of employment. That's not acceptable. And that's something that the law would consider to be a constructive dismissal. So your employer that doesn't pay you 
when you're you're expected to be paid, they you know the check bounces or uh, they have excuses. Whatever those excuses are, is doing something illegal. You can treat that as a termination of employment. You can say no. Enough is enough. I'm not going to accept that. You've terminated me by not paying me when you're supposed to. Now, not only do you have to pay me what you owe me, of course, but you also have to pay me my full severance, and I'm just going to go move on to a different job. So, yeah, that's a constructive dismissal. If he wants to pursue this as a constructive dismissal, happy to help him. Uh, it's certainly not acceptable for an employer to do that. Yeah, I appreciate the uh, the note, Greg, and to reach out, it's one 821 5900 That's to uh, Reese Lior and his team uh, when we're not doing this hour-long show. And answers at employmentlawyer.ca is the email address we're always going to here. But we still got uh, plenty of time here, just about 20 minutes left to go on the show, so you still got time to come on air and ask your questions, 416-872-1010 is how you do that. Uh, Nancy says, hey, Lior, I've uh, had to miss work on several occasions because of a medical issue that I'm dealing with. My boss told me that if I miss more work, I shouldn't bother coming back. Charming. Can he do that? Again, going back to what we were saying before, Mm -hmm. why are employers messing, if you will, with people that are sick, with employees that can't work for medical reasons? I don't get that. Well, let's be clear here, and this is not controversial. There is no limit to how many days you can be off if you are sick, as long as it's legitimate and you have a doctor's note. You cannot be penalized because you're sick. You cannot be penalized because you've taken too many days off work for medical reasons that are legitimate and backed up by a doctor. So no, an employer cannot legally do anything to you because you are sick. And whether or not you've had to take two days off this year or 200 days off, it doesn't really matter. You can be off. And the only thing your employer is allowed to do is, or required to do is when you're ready to come back to work, they need to make all possible efforts to take you back, all efforts. And and they can't say arbitrarily, no, that's it. We've had enough. We're not even going to look at you. No, that's illegal. So what this employer is doing, it's a human rights violation, potentially. It would be a wrongful dismissal. You name it. So employers don't do that. If you have a doctor's note from your employee, they provide you that doctor's note. It tells you they need to be off. I understand it may cause administrative problems. I get it completely. But you have to allow them that time off. You have to accommodate them if they need accommodation, and nothing less than that would be legal. I think some of the confusion lies where people say, yeah, but Lior, I only have five, six days a year, and I'm going on sick day number six or seven or ten. Well, here's the thing. All that means, if you have five sick days, that means that your employer has agreed to pay you for five days if you're sick. But that has nothing to do with how long you can actually be off. So if you're off for eight days, that might mean you're not going to get paid for those last three days, but you can still be off for those three days or 30 days or 130 days. So the number of sick days that your employer provides you does nothing or says nothing about how long you can be off work. Now, if you're off work and you've used up your sick days, there may be payment that you can get through EI. There may be payment that you can get through uh, a short-term disability plan if you have that through work. But either way, regardless of who pays you or do you get paid when you're off, you, you can and you do have the right to be off as long as your doctor says you need to be off. All right, guys, time for a short break. Lots more time for you to uh, to listen up, learn, and call in. Join the show. Here's the number again, 416-872-1010. That'll get you on air with us here. Text 71010 your questions as well. And we'll go back to some more email after a short break. That is simply answers at employmentlawyer.ca. We will continue. This is the Employment Law Show on the Bell Talk Radio Network. 
right, we're back for a few. So uh, give us a give us a call. You got some time four one six eight seven two ten ten here on a Sunday afternoon to have your say, ask your questions about your employment law rights. That's why we do the show every week four one six eight seven two ten ten answers at employmentlawyer.ca is the email address. And a reminder, in addition to this show, Wednesday nights nine thirty p.m. you'll catch us doing Ask a Lawyer on CP twenty four as well. So join us uh, this coming week for that show. Would love to have you uh, have you along. Want to get to Elaine's email, Lior? She's up next. She says, "Hey, Lior, I quit my job because my employer owed me four thousand dollars in overtime and vacation pay. He refused to pay it. I asked for payment many times, and he always promised, oh, yeah, it'll pay. It's coming. It's coming.' But he never did. Is there something I can do now to get the money owing?" So this is uh, actually related to a question that we had before the break, mm-hmm. where I said that your employer's obligations are straightforward. They have to pay what they owe you, and when. And they have to pay when they're supposed to pay it. Well, that also has to do with overtime and vacation pay and all those amounts. It's not just your salary. If you're owed that amount because you've earned it, you work for it, your employer has to pay it. So for this particular question, there's a couple of things going on here. First of all, of course, she can get the money. Uh, she, the money's owed. She can get it through me in the legal system. She can get it through the Ministry of Labor because she's owed that amount of money. But there's another issue here. If she quit because she wasn't getting paid what she was supposed to, that means that this really was a constructive dismissal. She didn't quit because she didn't feel like working there. She quit because she couldn't accept not getting paid what she's owed. And why would she work there if she's not getting paid properly? So again, that's a constructive dismissal. So not only can she get paid the $4,000 that's owed to her, for sure, that's easy, but she can also get severance. Now, I'm not sure how long she's been there, but potentially that could be another two years of pay that she could get beyond just the, the $4,000 in overtime, et cetera, that's owed to her. So an important reminder there for employees, if your employer doesn't pay what they owe you, maybe it's overtime, maybe it's vacation pay, maybe it's holiday pay, something else, that the fact that failure to pay you, that refusal to pay you what you're supposed to get paid in and of itself can lead to a constructive dismissal. But unlike in this situation, the, the best advice I'll always give to you if we're, if we're talking constructive dismissal is if you think that you're in a position not to quit because of a constructive dismissal, before you quit, before you actually take that step, I want you to call me. Okay, I want us to talk about it and I want us to do this right. So it's always a good idea to talk to me before you quit. You know, it's interesting too that just based on the comments you just made there, I think it's it's a cool time for a little bit of clarification, especially in Elaine's case or anybody else. If it's vacation pay overtime, that you can go to the ministry for. But you also mentioned severance. Do not go down that road for severance. Take the other fork in the road and head straight to you for that, right? Yeah. So when it comes to stuff that's owing to you for the time that you worked, your salary, your vacation pay, your overtime pay, for that, you can absolutely go to the Ministry of Labor. The Ministry of Labor can can help you recover those money. Absolutely. In fact, it's a good idea to do that. But when it comes to your severance, when it comes to the payment owed to you as a result of losing your job or as a result of a constructive dismissal, the Ministry of Labor, the government cannot, cannot help you. Not only can they not get you what you're owed, by filing a claim, trying to get that through the Ministry of Labor, you give up your rights and then you're not allowed to pursue them. So believe it or not, every month I speak to someone that did that. They thought they could go to the Ministry of Labor and just by doing that, they've lost tens of thousands of dollars in severance and I can't help them recover that. So when it comes to losing your job, your severance that you're owed, 
you cannot go to the government. For that, you have to speak to me, speak to another employment lawyer. If you don't like me, fine, no problem. You cannot go to the government. But vacation pay, overtime, yeah, absolutely you can. Any questions? You still got a, a few minutes here to chime in and ask 416-872-1010 to get on air with us and, and do exactly that. Okay, Fred's uh, next up in the email. That email address answers at employmentlawyer.ca. It says, I, uh, I got in an argument with my boss and was fired on the spot with no compensation. I've always been a good employee and have worked for the company for five years. Can I get my job back? So unfortunately not. So you may, in fact... Uh believe that the company had no reason and you you may well be right that there isn't a good reason you didn't do anything to justify being let go but despite that from a legal standpoint and we've said this before your employer can let you go it's simply a matter of severance so in this particular uh, situation if this person gets their severance and their full severance and their proper severance, mm-hmm. nothing else can or needs to be done. But again, as we know, in most cases, the person is owed much more severance than they've been offered. The only time you could potentially get your job back is in a situation where you're fired for discriminatory reasons. So you're fired because of your age or ethnicity or pregnancy. If that's what happens, then yes, you could potentially get an order to get you your job back. That is rare, but possible. But pretty much for any other reason, you can't get your job back, unfortunately. But what you can do is get your full severance, which we know can be as much as two years pay. Quick uh, text came in, Lior says, when is the doctor's note required? How many days off sick before a doctor's note is required? So strictly speaking, an employer can tell you any time off that you take, a day or whatever, you, you have to give us a doctor's note. So if that's what your employer is saying is required, that's what you have to do. Some employers may be more uh, accommodating and they say, no, you, you know, if you're going to be off for more than a couple of days, let us know, and then you have to give us a doctor's note. So that's going to be up to your employer. But your employer is allowed to require a doctor's note, and that's fine. And if they do provide that doctor's note, uh, and because that's what protects you and allows you to be off as long as you need Let's grab another uh, phone call in the remaining minutes. Jen, thank you so much for taking the time. Good afternoon. What's your question? Uh, yeah, um, I have a question about being forced to work a statutory holiday and not being paid overtime because the company is giving you time in lieu prior that. They're giving you those Christmas Day Boxing Day. They're giving you two days off before, but you have to work Christmas Day Boxing Day. So no, they they cannot make you uh, work those times, uh, and and you know in, in many cases uh, you know the employee and employer agree they cannot. With respect to overtime, if you're if you're in overtime with your agreement, your employer can give you time in lieu uh, instead of paying that overtime, but they can't impose that. They need your agreement, and if your employer doesn't do that, uh, doesn't pay you properly, or or makes you or tries to make you uh, work on statutory holidays for that yeah you absolutely can go to the uh, Ministry of Labor uh, so hopefully that helps clarify Jen okay thanks so much thank you Jen appreciate that you want to reach out further one 821 5900 we'll wrap up the day with a quick email from Bill it says uh, Leo I'd like to take some time off this summer to travel about two months oh, take me with you Bill uh, says how should I approach my employer about taking unpaid time off and what do I do if they say no dice 
So ultimately, it is up to the employer to decide if you take that time off. Even generally with any regular vacation, your employer can decide, do you take it, do you not? And they can even decide when you take it, believe it or not. So not much you can do here in Bill's situation to force your employer. I I would certainly have a a chat and explain to them why uh, you would want that and and, uh, that you're going to leave everything in good shape till you come back. One of the things to consider is if they won't allow that, you may say, okay, well, if I do resign because I want to take this trip, will you at least consider hiring me back at that time? So talk to them about that. Uh, But ultimately, you can't force your employer to give you that time off, but it's certainly worth asking the question. And that'll be a wrap for another Sunday. Thank you so much for tuning in, emailing, texting, making that phone call today. We really appreciate it. You can continue the conversation with Lior. Now that we're done, really simple, 1-855-821-5900. Answers at employmentlawyer.ca. You can also go to the website before even all of that. That's pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Take advantage of the free severance calculator, which is anonymous as well. Two million have used it, so you can check that out. And then this coming Wednesday night, of course, at 930, you will catch Ask a Lawyer on CP24. We'll catch you next time at the Deployment Law Show here on the Bell Talk Radio Network.